This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Besides Star Wars, if you're itching to dive deep into all things geek, park your speeder right here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. And may the Force be with you always. All right, Scuttle Buddies, a big thank you to my friend and yours, Mr. Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio for that wonderful intro. Glad to have Chicago represent. And we'll see him this summer at Alley Cat Comics for ScarifCon 2021. More details on that to come in the next few weeks. We've got quite a live broadcast planned again with our friends like the 501st, WSTR, Galactic Public Media, Rob from JTA, not that JTA, the other JTA, and our friend Dominic Pace in Chicago for another weekend of fun and deep dish debauchery. So look out for our announcements. And we've set up a new Scarif website. Head on over to ScarifScuttlebutt.com to enjoy all our latest episodes, announcements, and posts from all over the galaxy. ScarifScuttlebutt.com All right, let's get the show started, shall we? What's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. This is Ro. We are recording tonight, Friday, March 12th, episode 6-1. And uh, we, I just want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. If you're listening... And uh, thank you very much for your continued support on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you for trying us out and thanks for starting here. Uh, one thing uh, worth mentioning, if you are starting here, we've got some fantastic shows in our back catalog, so check them out. A couple of deep dives and in-depth discussions on Star Wars topics like The Force, The Jedi, Balance, and Inspiration. As a founding member of the Red 5 Network, we hope you are inspired by what you hear and continue to challenge us with discussion here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, because as you know, it's always sunny on Scarif. hey we are missing one-third of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, but I'm happy to be recording with uh, our newest member, Chantal. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. That is fantastic. How's the weather in your neck of the woods? Humid and hot. Yeah, my hair would not survive. Nope, mine doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been hearing as far as uh, geek news and uh, nerdery? I know there's uh, there's a lot of news coming out uh, lately with... Uh, oh, did you finish up WandaVision? I did. I absolutely did. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of opinions out there, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, what are some of the other things that, uh, that you are really looking forward to as far as geek, uh, geek stuff? Well, right now, uh, definitely uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I have a countdown going on for that, and I believe that's premiering next Friday. So we got that going on. And wow. of course, yeah. And, of course, the Justice League Snyder Cut that should be coming out, I believe, what, the first episode, I think, is March 13th, I believe, this weekend. So I know everyone's pumped for that. I'm a little skeptical, but I'll be (laughs) open-minded. That's pretty funny. So I was asking a couple of other nerds regarding, you know, the original Justice League, because I don't don't remember seeing it. I don't know if I did or if I didn't. Um, I'm not too big of a DC guy. Uh, I have seen a few of them, but, um, uh, I was trying to figure out, should I watch the, 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 the justice league, the, the one that came out before doing the Snyder cut? I wasn't sure. And is it actually going to be four hours long? Uh, from everything I've read, I believe it's going to be split technically like as t- four separate episodes. So yeah, really? technically it is going to be four hours long. Oh. Um, as for watching the original cut, that's actually the only DC movie I've really watched aside from Suicide Squad, just because nothing's impressed me after Christopher Nolan's Batman. And um, if you're going to watch it, I think I would suggest you probably watch it after the Drunk? Snyder Cut. Oh. Or that, yeah. <laughs> I, I personally didn't like it. I 
I don't know. I'll be honest. I thought it was garbage. I personally just did not like it at all. Yeah, I mean, so. I grew I grew up with Marvel, and Marvel's my cup of tea. I, you know, obviously, I, I love the first Wonder Woman. Uh, I loved uh, the Nolan, you know, Batman, the Dark Knight series, um, obviously, because a lot of it was shot here in Chicago. I mean, that's not the only reason, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have. I did see Aquaman, and I kind of enjoyed that. It was, uh, you know, very... CG heavy there towards the end. Um, I didn't think, I, di- I didn't realize, I didn't know what they were going to do. Uh, you know, you know, Aqu- you we're all used to that image of Aquaman riding on a seahorse. I didn't know yeah. what the hell was going to happen, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know not bad. Um, we'll see what happens with the, with that story. But the Snyder Cut, you know, it's it's got a cult following. It's got a lot of people really really excited, and uh, I think. I think all that stuff is drowning out some of the MCU stuff, especially uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. I agree. Um, we haven't heard, and and I think that's being they're kind of being dropped at the same time. No, I think so. Yeah. Wow. So getting back to WandaVision, you know, we're done with that series, and uh, what did what was what was your overall impression on? I guess. WandaVision really has uh, become a, a, a kind of a very unique way of telling the story. You know, you know, obviously it's it's kind of an offshoot of, of what happened after Endgame. And, uh, you know, they kind of really took their time with telling the story. Um, no one knew what to expect, uh, especially after the first two episodes. Everybody was kind of scratching their heads. Um, but I thought... I thought was I thought it was pretty uh, kind of unique uh, a way of storytelling. What what did you think? You know, it's so funny that you would say that that a lot of people were scratching their heads in the first two episodes. One, I was very looking forward to this because I didn't feel like we got a lot of backstory on Wanda throughout the movies, just because of when she came into the universe and all that. But I actually felt like I somewhat caught on from the very beginning and only because which actually speaks to something that i had actually posted on twitter i think out of all the characters that we've seen so far in the mcu after watching this series she's been the one that i felt like i could relate to the most um i don't have a problem sharing this i actually think it's a good thing to share this and to be open about it um I actually suffer from depression and I've suffered for a very long time and anxiety, not easy to live with, definitely not. And that grief that she was going through and kind of creating this whole world, that was something that I felt like I picked up on within the first two episodes. In fact, I think I may have even tweeted about it with somebody that I said, this is, this is her dealing with vision, having died and having her to see it twice And I totally understood her wanting to escape and kind of building this whole world. So I definitely, I definitely related to that because I know I've retreated in my own mind just to escape, you know, whenever I was having, you know, a a bad time. (laughs) And I think that's something everyone can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, by the end of the series, we all realized that it was a very powerful story when it comes to grief and how people deal with it. Um, And obviously, on a grander scale, you know, I I think if uh, if we were able to bring back the the people that we lost uh, through whatever tragic means, you know, I'm sure we would be, you know, everybody would be first in line trying to kind of recreate that world. But you know, Wanda as a larger than life character ha- was able to do that. And it was a very interesting choice, a uh, very interesting way of, of telling that story. You know, that last episode really, uh, you know, it, 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 it nailed that message home. It, it sent that message uh, as far as grief, as far mm-hmm. that the discussion between, you know, Wanda and Vision there at the end. Um, you know, and obviously there were a lot of uh, things that were pulled from the comic books uh there i think there's a title um when an android cries or something like that i mean that image of uh that tear rolling down vision's uh cheek was mm-hmm. was pretty powerful and uh, you know I, again I, I think it was a, a very gutsy move for marvel to be able to have done 
an entire series that deals with this grief, that deals with the emotion of this of this character. I think WandaVision, you know, very similar to Ahsoka, you know, WandaVision, you know, Wanda was introduced and she was this character, but I think slowly but surely she has become one of my favorite for sure. I think, uh, you know, she's very powerful and uh, I, I really can't wait to see her in the future and see what else she does. Um, obviously now post WandaVision, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to what uh, what they, you know, the rest of her story. Yeah, we're going to have to wait until the Doctor Strange sequel, it looks like, to get more information as to what she's been up to. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. What did you think of the reveal of, uh, of Mr. Bonner slash Boner? A lot of uh, a lot of fans were talking uh, bait and switch. Uh, you know, when he first showed up, people were really excited and thought that uh, you know is Marvel gonna is Marvel gonna bite the bullet here? Are they gonna start to introduce the X Men and maybe that timeline? But uh, you know, uh, obviously spoilers. If you haven't seen it, go back and see it. But uh, you know, they made him out just to be a, a, an actor, a random guy that happened to look like uh quicksilver in, right. in the x-men movies but um i didn't really have a problem with that because i think if they wanted to go back and maybe revisit that they could but uh, a lot of people seem to have gotten bent out of shape what did you think i guess i can understand that just because of i guess i can see why it caused a little bit of confusion but i think if there's one thing that we've learned in these last what 10 or 11 years through marvel I think we can trust them. So I'll be very interested to see where that character goes. And not only that, but Monica Rambo as well. I felt oh, like yeah. she was barely in the finale, honestly. So I'm very interested to see what direction her character is going to take and what she, what part she plays in all of this now. Yeah, a few, uh, a few episodes prior to the, uh, the series finale when we realized that uh, where the story takes place a couple of years after the, the snap, when everybody was kind of coming back, I really enjoyed that. I, I, uh, you know, it, obviously it thrust me back into the Avengers world. Um, I realized, oh, we're, we're back here. We're kind of like, uh, you know, we're being prepared to, 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 to really see what happens after that. So I, I really liked it. And I loved, I loved the fact that, you know, she was who she was, um, you know, all grown up and how she's starting to get her powers, uh, really looking forward to that um, interaction as well. Marvel, the folks at Marvel have really, it really is. A, I, I think I, I heard somebody else describe it as a kind of a social entertainment experiment. And, it has succeeded with flying colors. I think uh, they have been able to do what no studio has ever done and strung, you know, a series of, of movies and projects together in one cohesive story. And uh, it, it's a monumental task, man. I mean, you know, some franchise, some franchises can't do it with three movies, let alone 20 plus. So I'm just saying. All right, my young Padawan, slice that training remote in half, and you can have whatever dinner you want for you and all of your friends. Yay! I want Kasiki and fried pork! That's right. Padawans love the crunch, and masters love the nutrients in every bite of KFP. Welcome to KFP. What can I get for you? The party feast with all the fixings, please. You got it. Order 66 is up. Who's ready to head over to the temple? I am. The other kids are dying to eat. Like the Colonel always says. This is Colonel Cody. It's finger looking good, sir. At Kashikian Fried Pool, we do it right. Mmm, get yourself a bucket of Kashiki and fried pork. It's finger looking good. So we've been at this scare of scuttlebutt thing for about two years. Our uh, two-year anniversary is coming up in April, and uh, we're really excited. You really, uh, we brought you on uh, at a really good time. 
Again, you know, we're talking about uh, geek stuff. You know, obviously our heart is in Star Wars. We started the podcast uh, right off of uh, Star Wars Celebration Chicago. But, uh, you know, as with any geek, we are, like you just said it a couple minutes ago, we are geeks through and through. We like Marvel, DC, superheroes, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, you know, anything like that. But uh, we are, uh, we're planning something special and uh, I'm glad you're going to be a part of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, Brad and I started the podcast to really, you know, be honest with ourselves and be honest with uh, our listeners, um, you know, with, with our opinions, with our takes, our deep dives. And, you know, there's some stuff that we don't like. There's some stuff that we really, really enjoy, but uh, we, we're not afraid uh, to give our opinions. You know, we, we obviously, we, we, you know, if you like something and we don't, you know, we're not going to berate you. We're not going to be assholes about it. Um, but we are going to tell you how we feel. And I think, um, our, our two year anniversary is going to be basically that. I mean, um, we're going to do a show. It's a no holds barred show of, of star Wars. And because star Wars was what, prompted our, our podcast, you know, how has Star Wars changed in the last two years? Has it changed in the last two years uh, between the franchise and fans? Um, you know, we people are still talking about The Last Jedi. People are still uh, philosophizing, or is that a word, philosophizing? They're still, <laughs> yes. ta- they're still talking about, uh, you know, what went wrong. Did it go wrong? And obviously, you know, everybody's got um, uh, opinions on that. But we're definitely going to dive deep into those opinions. We're going to dive into the whole Cara Dune thing. We're going to uh, really see um, what the hell is happening with the fandom. Are you in? Oh, I am totally <laughs> in on that one. Because uh, excellent. Glad to hear. I definitely have opinions. So we'll be doing that show somewhere around April sometime. Uh, I think Star Wars Celebration happened at, at around then, like two years ago. So that, uh, that'll that be really fun. And I hope you guys uh, stay tuned. And, and uh, we'll be obviously promoting that show uh really gonna have a, a a really good time i don't know that might be one of those discussions where it might roll into two uh two shows because um we definitely have opinions and uh i like your passion so uh let's Boy, get to we. yep excellent <laughs> I think this actually started when we were doing the live uh, podcasts on YouTube where we were talking about the 80s movies. And I think we were going round table as to what were some of our favorite movies. And I kind of threw out there that it's always been kind of tough for me to pick essentially which character I've liked most that Harrison Ford has played, Han Solo or Indiana Jones. And I thought that that was a very interesting topic to see what are the differences, what are some of their, you know, similarities, and which one do you, I guess, kind of gravitate, you know, more towards. And, you know, oddly enough, I actually pose this to my own mother and she actually had some thoughts on this and one of the things that was mentioned was well you definitely can both say that they're adventurers which is very true true true, very true yes very true but um i don't know if it honestly goes very much past that i actually find them to be very different characters i find han solo to be more on the cocky side i would say maybe a little bit more arrogant and indiana jones to me has always been maybe a little bit more calculating. So that's, you know. And that would make sense, yeah, because uh, Indiana Jones is a professor. He's Mm -hmm. a a learned man, as they Mm -hmm. say. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, played brilliantly by uh, Harrison Ford, uh, who was born uh, here. I used to live uh, a couple blocks away from the hospital that he uh, he was born here in oh, Chicago, nice. so that's awesome. But um, yeah, let's so let's talk about his uh, his characters. Um, you know, people have used the word the term antihero for Han Solo. 
uh, a teacher, instructor for Indiana Jones, adventurer. Mm-hmm. You just said adventurer. Yep. Um, so what are some of the other, I guess, you know, when we go into the deep dive of characters and uh, these larger-than-life uh, personas, what other archetypes um, can you think of for these two characters? Oh, man. I mean, adventurer for sure. You know, you've got, uh, you know, Han Solo going on adventures with Chewbacca. You've got Indiana Jones going on these archaeological, you know, adventures. I would definitely say that they're both, they're definitely both brave because even with Indiana Jones being, you know, a professor and you wouldn't think of a professor being, you know, so gung-ho, but to see him going around to all these various countries and essentially hunting all these artifacts and going around and using a whip and, you know, dealing with different cultures. I mean, that's a very brave thing to do. And then um, Han Solo's the same way. I mean, sure. he, he really, although he doesn't always think before he does stuff, I actually uh, had said earlier today to my mom, which I agree with her as well, he definitely likes to shoot from the hip. And I kind of equate Han Solo to kind of a dirty hairy kind of situation clint eastwood shoot first ask, ask questions, questions later, later sure. kind of yeah. guy as to where like i said indiana jones is a little bit more focused but they are both definitely willing to do whatever it is that they have to do to meet their goal so bravery would probably be the next thing that they have in common absolutely yeah i think they probably have more in common and if if we sit here and uh chat about both characters we'll probably find that they have a lot more in common than just mm-hmm. uh you know two or three uh commonalities but um yeah you know the one of them is obviously the main character in his franchise indiana jones you've got han solo who is right. kind of a supporting character mm-hmm. uh not really a side character he's obviously a main character in star wars but um how do you think um, those two differences kind of affect each franchise? And obviously, we've got a lot of people that have been chiming in over the last couple of um, you know days regarding our show tonight. Uh, a lot of people really love one or the other a little more. There's obviously people that love both of them. Obviously, like I said, played brilliantly by Harrison Ford. Um, but I, I, I know a lot of people you know have their their favorites if they really had to pick Um, and for different reasons. What about you? So I guess when I'm thinking about, cause I'm all, I'm also focusing on the actor himself, Harrison Ford. So for me, if you ask me, I would probably say I associate him more with Indiana Jones because of that aspect. He is the main character. It is about him. But at the same point, I saw star Wars first. So so I feel sometimes my heart lies a little bit more with Han Solo. Sure. But if I was hard pressed to actually pick one, I would probably have to say, believe it or not, Indiana Jones. So we had a comment from uh, Christy Lauren. Her handle on Twitter is TurtleShell412. She says, I love them both, but I love Han Solo more. I think he has the bigger heart of the two. There is that scene where Indy doesn't release Marion in the tent because he needs to find the Ark. And I know Han wouldn't have done that uh, to somebody he loved. He'd take on the whole German army first. And that's, uh, you know, it kind of goes to what you said. I mean, you know, Han's got a little bit more of uh, of that... Um, or yeah, the, the emotion and stuff. So that's uh, interesting. I agree, especially because, especially after the you know the the solo movie. Um, yeah, you could tell that you know he obviously he didn't have any family or anything like that. So I feel like I feel like yeah, you could probably gravitate more towards that character in terms of like she said, you know, having a bigger heart and stuff like that. And I think that all stems from what his background is. Indiana Jones, I don't feel like we get too much background story other than obviously he didn't have the best relationship with his father based on the Last Crusade. 
and obviously things didn't go very well between him and uh and Marion and all that. So, yeah, I guess you could say there is probably a little bit more of a selfishness to Indiana Jones just because his end goal is always to obtain these artifacts and stuff. And Han Solo seems more interested in the team aspect and actually working with a group of people. And it, I, I don't think he started out like that. So um, no. l- let me ask you this: Who has the better uh, character arc? And then I'll, I'll, I'll do a follow-up question. Harrison Ford obviously has been uh, known to, to to kind of pick which character is his favorite. But who do you think has the better character arc? I would say Han Solo. Oh wow! I didn't even, I didn't even have to think about that yeah. one actually, honestly. And that's also because. There are a lot more Star Wars movies, and we saw sure. him as Han Solo, you know, four in four movies. So, yeah, I do feel like we get, especially because with Indiana Jones, you have Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then Temple of Doom goes back in time, and then you're going forward. So I feel because of the way that trilogy is set up, I don't feel like uh, there's enough there for me to uh, to say, like, you can get a sense of his character evolving. That's funny because you just said the uh, Indiana Jones trilogy, and there's four of them, and I always forget. Oh, four. I always, Sorry. I always, oh I always God. forget. I do the same thing. And I and saw I, the fourth one in the theater too, yeah. and somehow I always forget about that one. Yeah. yeah, and I know that's that's not the uh, favorite of a lot of Indiana Jones fans, but uh, I didn't I just, mind it. Yeah, it was okay. I, it, was, it was okay. Um, Digital ants and uh, yeah, prairie yeah, dogs. Uh, whatever. <laughs> People actually had a problem with the alien aspect of it. And I'm like, I didn't, because if you realize what the time period is of when that exactly. was taking place, yeah. I was like, that makes total sense. Everyone was and, super interested uh, in right. UFOs Area 51 and, yeah, and uh, Project yeah. Blue Book and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, again, getting back to George Lucas's uh, storytelling aspect yep. and how and why, you know, they decided to to take this character, uh, you know, the, the the pulp novels of the time. So... Absolutely. I, I get it. I, I didn't have a problem. I actually watched it a couple of uh, weeks ago and really enjoyed it. I know I've mentioned this on the pod before. Um, I really love the interaction between Karen Allen and Harrison Ford uh, in this fourth movie. It's uh, it's just so fun to watch. I mean, the characters, you know, there's a story where Karen Allen um, was in an interview once talking about the this fourth Indiana Jones movie. People were constantly saying to me, oh, I just read something in a Chicago paper that they're about to make the new, and this has gone on for years and years and years. And a few years ago when I was in Los Angeles with Kate Capshaw and, and um, Allison Duty, when we, the three, they brought the three of us together, calling it the girls of Indiana Jones or the women of Indiana Jones um, for the DVD when it came out, where it put all of the films together. Um, there was a lot of talk then about, you know, was a fourth one going to be done? And if so, who was going to be in it? And everybody was being very mysterious, but wink, wink, wink. And, you know, so somewhere in the back of my mind, I thought, wouldn't it be great if, if they were going to do a fourth one? And wouldn't it be fantastic if they brought my character back into it? But um, I can't say that I really, you know believed that that was going to happen. So I'm just, um, actually I was at my studio one day and the telephone rings and I pick it up and I hear somebody on the phone going, I've got Steven Spielberg on the line for you. I had sort of imagined maybe it would be a wonderful little cameo or something, but but, um, he said no, they were really going to bring me into the film and it was going to be a a full, um, you know, development of, of my character as a part of the story. And then he said, I'm going to be in New York in a couple of weeks. I want you to come to my apartment and sit and read the script. And I did that. And when I read the script, honestly, I was just like um, very, very moved by it. Once they share that screen, it's like, you know, again, it's like seeing Han Solo in The Force Awakens, Han and Chewie, when they first walk into the Millennium Falcon in that uh, the San Diego Comic-Con trailer where he says, Chewie, we're home. 
It's like something familiar and it just gets you in the feels every time. I love it. You know, every time I see that scene, I'm always like, that's not even Han Solo speaking at that point. That's Harrison <laughs> Ford and him looking around at, you know, the Millennium yeah. Falcon in the cockpit. I'm like, that's totally Harrison Ford having a genuine reaction to being back on there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So we have a special message from our friend, uh, Mr. Dominic Pace. Uh, obviously, you guys know Dominic from The Mandalorian. He's uh, been uh, uh, just an amazing fan ambassador for, for Star Wars and The Mandalorian. He was uh, Gecko in season one. And uh, hopefully, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of people are hoping that uh, he returns to The Mandalorian. But uh, he's got a project out, uh, a comic book with his character that was uh, created by a couple of fans and uh, really pushing it. So it's really great um, that he was able to send me a voicemail regarding, you know, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is a big influence on him. It's, uh, you know, the whole, you know, male, uh, you know, alpha, alpha male thing, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it really inspired him to be an actor. Um, let's take a listen to his interview and uh, we'll chat about it on the way out. Check it out. Harrison Ford was iconic uh, playing the roles of Han Solo and Indiana Jones. I guess I loved it because uh, it's an age right now which is uh, obviously so justified of strong women. Uh, but for me, uh, you know, when I think of strong men, uh, alphas. Uh, I don't see why they can't coexist. And uh, to me, I think he's ultimately the Hollywood representative of the alpha male. Uh, also with that, I, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily too much of a difference between Solo and Jones, but when you combine the alpha, the strength, uh, plus the charisma, uh, plus, I mean, uh, neutrally, I mean, you got to say the guy is a handsome guy. He's got movie star looks uh, of, of uh, you know, the highest of A-listers. Uh, he's the legend that he is, and uh, that's why I think we love Solo and Jones uh, so much. Harrison Ford's uh, presence, uh, alpha male essence, um, strong characters. Obviously, it's in the notes. Um, he loves the fact that Harrison is so, you know, masculine and there's a strength to him. Not very controversial, obviously. You know, we, we, we love strong characters, whether they are male or female. But, uh, you know, a lot of people obviously have, uh, you know, strong thoughts about that. I'm actually really happy that uh, this came up because one of the first things that I want to say is and, you know, I hate to generalize because I don't think everybody thinks this way, but I get the sense maybe that especially now in, in you know, in this culture right now that we're living in, um, I feel like there might be this mistaken belief of equating masculinity with, I hate to say this, maybe misogyny. Sure. And I don't think that that is necessarily correct. And so in terms of Harrison Ford and playing these two strong masculine characters, which is actually something I was going to mention, is the funny part is in both movies, he is paired up with very strong females. And, yeah, you, never, and you never get the sense that he is trying to hold either one of them back. You never see Han Solo trying to tell Leia, you know, who do you think you are trying to lead everything and tell everyone what to do and where to go and basically being a general of an army kind of thing. And then same thing with Indiana Jones. You never really get the sense that he's really trying to control Marion. And they are both very strong-willed female characters. And I really do like that. And I think that is actually what makes him a man and makes him so masculine is that he is... Not step back, but that he is not opposed to actually working with these women, with sure. these female characters. So, yeah, uh, yeah I definitely uh, give it up to Harrison Ford for, you know, 
choosing to go ahead and portray these two characters because at the end of the day i think we can all say it's pretty safe that this these are the two roles he's going to be known for Absolutely. And I don't think there's a, a more badass way of introducing a character than how they did with Marion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you've, you've got uh, her in uh, in that Nepal, uh, the bar, bar. Uh, drinking herself uh, silly, but uh, yep. kind of, you know, controlling the uh, the situation. Mm-hmm. I think both, you know, Marion and, and Leia are very strong characters, very strong female characters. And, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously, there's a lot of strong female characters in science fiction and fantasy to begin with. It's not like, you know, it's 2019 and all of a sudden there's all these new oh, no. strong female characters. We've had, you know, sci-fi has been replete full of uh, female characters. So it's funny how sometimes I see uh, people post that, uh, you know, that, uh, oh, thank God Wonder Woman came out because she's such a strong female character. Now women can relate. I'm like, well, I, I don't think that's exactly true. Well, the problem is, is first of all, we're only now seeing movies with these strong female characters. So if you're somebody who's not into the comic book scene and this and that, and you know, you've been waiting this whole time for a movie to come out, then I guess I can understand that point of view. Not only that, a lot of female characters have been sexualized so much over the years. You don't see that on the male side. So I guess I can see now why you're saying, you don't, you don't, you don't remember Kylo shirtless. (laughs) <laughs> okay listen all right i'm gonna probably get shit on all over this for this but i see a lot of activity about <laughs> the females fawning over kylo ren and i don't understand why i'm so sorry i'm so sorry ladies i'm not a kylo ren fan i'm not an adam driver fan i just don't understand doesn't doesn't do it doesn't do it for you huh I don't get, no i'm sorry I don't get it. I'm, like, I'm sorry. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that's ladies. funny. That's another thing. A... Sometimes I also compare between Han and Indiana. <laughs> Which one do I find more attractive? <laughs> yeah. They're both dreamy. Mm. <laughs> I'll show you the dark side. There's a Star Wars uh, comic book issue, and I forgot which one it was. And, you know, I bought it, and I'm reading it, and I'm flipping through it, and it's a story of uh, Grand Moff Tarkin um, talking to some Imperial, you know, officers, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, he, t- t- he takes his shirt off. What? Yeah. And Why is that necessary? I, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll send you a screenshot of it, but it's hilarious. Oh, I'm like do. I'm like, what, why is Grand Moff Tarkin shirtless? I don't and know. Then, if that's something yeah. I want to see, but now I want to see it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you've asked for it, so it's coming. Yeah. Shit. This segment brought to you by PlexReal.com, the home for entertainment news. We got some gaming news. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Kawabunga, dude. You guys remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Absolutely we do. Well, according to PlexReal.com, Shredder's Revenge channels classic arcade Ninja Turtles. Do you guys remember playing the games, watching the cartoons? Of course you do. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were the old school hit that every kid enjoyed. The classic arcade style Ninja Turtles might be making a return, or I guess it is. In collaboration with Tribute Games, developer Dotamu announced the other day that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge will continue with the classic pixel art that many of us grew up During the 90s, the co-op brawler was inspired by the classic TMNT brawlers we all kicked shell in as kids. And of course, it's still too early to tell whether the game will be available to channel its inner classic swag and revive the beloved franchise. The developers do have a strong pedigree of successfully reviving throwbacks like Streets of Rage, so only time will tell. There's no news on when Shredder's Revenge will launch, but Dotamu says that the game will arrive to PC and consoles. In the meantime, check out the announcement trailer found on YouTube and on PlexReel.com. 
This segment brought to you by PlexReal.com, the home for entertainment news. Yeah, you had um, mentioned earlier about, you know, delving into uh, Harrison Ford's personal preference. And um, he did have a quote where he says, he's dumb as a stump. He's certainly got a good heart. But I think he's certainly a much less interesting character than Indiana Jones. <laughs> I got to say, that really that really surprised me. Yeah. That really surprised well, me yeah. to hear him say that. Yeah, but uh, you know it, it, it's it is interesting because obviously you know as as fans of of uh, both franchises, especially Star Wars, you know he wanted uh, Han Solo to die at the mm-hmm. end of you know at at uh, the end of the first movie or you know towards the you know when he got frozen in carbonite, he didn't want to come back. He felt like he no longer was a useful character. He felt like uh, you know said and you know one and done. Um, but obviously, you know, Lucas didn't want to kill him off. Um, so he came back and I'm actually a lot, uh, you know, very surprised that he came back for the force awakens and even more so, even more so that he, uh, that he came back for rise of Skywalker. But again, you know, money talks. So, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, God, if I had to choose uh, which character is is my favorite, I don't know. That's a hard one too because I, it is very uh, you difficult. know, again, each one's got you know his own qualities that I really enjoy. But if I had to choose, you know, they're both scoundrels in their own way. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I kind of like archaeology, so. And now I actually kind of feel like changing my answer because I'm wondering if it's even coming from the right place. Because right. as I just mentioned earlier, I find Indiana Jones to be more attractive coming from, I guess, the female perspective. And now when I really think about it, like I said, just sentimentally, sure. because I watched Star Wars first and that's what I saw him in first. That's why now I'm kind of like, maybe I should swing the other way to Han Solo just because that's... <laughs> That's, I mean, that is literally the, and I'm using that correctly. That is literally the first role that I saw Harrison Ford in was sure. Solo. Yeah. So. Absolutely. A great, uh, well, both characters great all around. So. Both great characters. It's a, it's a very. Uh, thank God in the real in the real world we don't have to we don't have to choose. Before we take off, we have a little section that uh, we haven't done in a long time, and I'm glad you're here to oh, uh, to be the receiving end of this because, yeah, uh, uh, again, I hope you studied up your Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford lore because uh, we're going to put you on the hot seat for... This is Sentry Mode. All right, Chantel, and I have a bonus question, too. Uh, it's five questions. If you guys are not familiar with Sentry Mode, Brad and I started it way long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, we just have a set of five questions we ask each other, and uh, the winner gets bragging rights. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how you do on uh, tonight's uh, Sentry Mode. You ready for it? And I admit defeat now. <laughs> I'm so bad under pressure. But let's do this. All right. Question number one. Oh, boy. And you know what? They're, they're, they're easy questions. They, they, they start easy. You and then, it. but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Question number one. Sentry mode. Name two of Han and Indy's companions. So you got Chewbacca for Han. Yes. We have short round for Indy. Excellent. You are correct. See, it's not so hard. All right. This is a little bit of a behind the scenes thing, but it's common knowledge. So I'm hoping that uh, it's somewhere in your brain there, rustling around. Question number two. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, there are hieroglyphs during the first opening of the Ark. What or who do those ancient images show? R2D2 and C3PO. Woo-hoo! 
there you go. See, there you go. That is correct. R2 and 3PO, you can see them in uh, in the background there. Uh, I think they also appear in uh, in the background in the Well of the Souls. But mm -hmm. absolutely, yes. R2 and 3PO. <laughs> Question number three. We all know that Mr. Harrison Ford ad-libbed the famous Han Leia scene, I Love You, I Know. What was Ford's contribution to Indiana as an ad-lib, which is also a highly quoted line in the franchise? It's not the years, baby. It's the miles. All right. <laughs> Excellent. You are, uh, see, you're, you're, you're an expert. You know That's what you're talking I about. Yeah. live on IMDb. That's why. <laughs> I live on there. Excellent, excellent. So you're, uh, I, love I don't trivia. know. <laughs> <There you laughs> go. Question number four. And this one, I should just give you this point because I don't know who wrote this one. Uh, mm -hmm. Who was Indiana named after? Uh, isn't that George Lucas's dog? That is correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you were named after the dog? Uh, that's right. No, yeah. Sean Connery. R.I.P. Yeah. Question number five. Here's another uh, behind-the-scenes question, and uh, I'm really hoping you get it. Um, Star Wars crossover? Question mark. Who appeared in Raiders of the Lost Ark who also appeared in Star Wars? And I'll give you a hint. It's an actor, I'm assuming. Yeah, and if you don't know the actor's name, you can give me the character's name. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Stay on target. Oh, man. Uh, I'm blanking on this one. You got can you Can you picture him? Can you picture him? I feel like what I is, can't. What is he wearing? I'll, I'll, I'll throw you some, some other hints. What is he wearing? And remember, he's in Star Wars, the original Star Wars, not, not any of the other. Right, so right, Star right. Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Stay on target refers to what? This is one of the Red Five guys, right? Is it not? Correct. He's in Correct. Correct. Is this, is this at the end towards the end? Yes. With the death You're getting warm. You're getting warm. What the hell's his name? Fuck. Oh, there's my first F-Box. Um, <laughs> damn it. I cannot remember his name now for the life of me. But you got it. It starts with a P. Nope. Can't. Nope. I can't remember. It starts with a pour. You got it. You got it, girl. Damn it. One more syllable. Oh, man. Nope. Drawing a blank completely. Oh, man. The last question. The last question, man. Come on. I am DB it. I'm going. Porkins. Porkins, Will, uh, actor William Hootkins, who plays Porkins, is also one of the government agents in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when they when he was explaining the Ark of the Covenant and all that right. stuff in that uh, in the uh, conference room scene. So <sighs> that's okay. That's okay. You got four not out bad, of five. Not bad. not bad at all for your very first Sentry mode. That was a lot of fun. But I do have a bonus question. Okay. And again, a little behind the scenes because that's just the kind of guy I am. I love all this behind the scenes stuff. So the location where Indiana Jones threatens to destroy the Ark with a bazooka in the desert, where else have we seen that location? And what did the crew and the locals end up calling it up there in Northern Africa? Hmm. Where else have we seen that? You know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he uh, threatens Belloc? Yes. Yes. Where else have we seen that location? Are you... A, was that in Star Wars? Correct. Is that... Is I'm that where a, we I'm, first meet Obi-Wan? No? The Tusken Raiders? Is it that, that scene? That is correct. It's that, uh, that little, uh, you know, R2 gets lost. Yes, yes. All that stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is correct. You know what the uh, the locals uh, in Northern Africa, what they ended up calling it? And it's actually, there's a sign there, supposedly. No. Star Wars Canyon. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. In uh, Tunisia, Northern Africa. Oh, wow. 
Wow. So there's a lot of uh, fans that take these uh, little pilgrimages to the locations, and apparently, um, you know, Luke's homestead, Uncle uh, Owen, mm-hmm. um, all the sets are still up after all these oh, years. Wow. I think if you can, if you uh, Google uh, satellite imagery, you can still see, uh, you know, the sets that were built. Um, a lot of that's, the moisture moisture evaporators are still there. That's uh, amazing. A lot of the uh, the locals kind of kept them um, for whatever reason. I think they're also Star Wars fans. So <laughs> that is all. That is amazing. This is Sentry Mode. That was Sentry Mode. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> if you uh, played along with us and got all those questions, let us know. And uh, yeah, you did pretty damn good for your first one. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> Hey, Scuttle Buddies, Ro here. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do. We're lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 Network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks, Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. When you return to roles, whether it's on Solo or Indiana Jones, what's the, what's the challenge for you in coming back to the the same role years later. I'm trying not to look silly, you know, and running around in tight pants and high boots. And <laughs> I'll give you a more uh, appropriate answer, considering that I'm going to start doing Indiana Jones in about two months. Yeah. I'm always delighted uh, to come back to these characters. You know, we have the opportunity to make another is because people have enjoyed them. I feel obliged to, to make sure that our efforts are as ambitious as they were um, when we started. You have a sense of responsibility to your customers. Yeah. I think of the people that go to my movies as more as customers than I do as fans. Fans feels kind of weird to me, but always has. Always has, yeah. But the fact that these people support my business and I uh, and I'm responsible to them for the quality of the service that I offer. That feels better to me. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>